0: One aspect of this uh, particular centurion that is the power in the word. So let's just pray with me, if you will, Lord. We just ask today that you are glorified in our service, and may we be edified as we study, pray, sing, worship to your glory, Lord. Please, Lord, be glorified today, and all that we do and say in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so Luke chapter 7, verse 7, I'm going to be really brief today because we want to hear from the praise team again. And here's what it says from the English Standard Version. That's right, the English Standard Version. It says, therefore, in verse 7 of Luke 7, I did not presume. Thank you, Layla, for putting that up there. And I'm glad. Keep it there in the uh, NASB, uh, Layla, on your screen, because I'm going to be jumping between translations here. But Luke 7, verse 7 says, therefore, I did not presume to come to you, but say the word and let my servant be healed. By the way, in uh, in Matthew, he says, say a word and Luke, he says, say the word. So I thought, okay, is this significant that he uses a definite article, which is the, and an indefinite article, which is a? Probably not that big of a deal because I looked this up in what's called a Greek lexicon, which actually you see uh, the original text of the way the the sentence was put together uh, in the original language. And actually, the way it was actually put together, it's the words, these four words, ala monon epilogo. We know what logo means, right? Logo means word. So ala monon epilogo actually means just only say word. The original translators, the original Greek text had no articles, not a or the, Lisa. It was just word, just only say word. I love that because you know what it means to me? It doesn't matter what Jesus says. Whatever word or words he wanted to use, it wasn't the the word itself. It wasn't the expression. It wasn't speaking something out. What it was, it was God's will. He willed it so. It didn't matter whether he actually verbalized a word or not. He willed it so. He decided in his mind, I'm going to heal this servant. So whether he said boo, or whether he said nothing, he he was going to heal him, and that's all that mattered. There was a time where where, uh, uh, Jesus spit in a guy's eye and healed him of blindness. There was another kind time that Jesus breathed breathe on someone and they received the holy spirit the lord the, the the lord the lord's work is not based on necessarily his actions or what he does deliberately whether it's a word or an action or a deed it's his will he wills it so Amen? I looked up just a couple of quick healings that I thought were interesting to me in terms of the Lord's excellence and how brief he is about doing stuff. And then the very next chapter, when the Lord healed the, the, the woman from name, her son, the widow from Nain, the, the, the Bible says that the Lord said to the young man, I tell you, get up. Two words, two verbs, get up. Or, or two ser- two words that create a, an action that was required. She just, he just told the man to get up. There was no hoopla, no big, you know, parade, no big activity. Just get up. I love what the Lord did with the leper. He said, Lord, are you if you're willing, I can be healed. The Lord said, be healed. That's it. Be healed. You're, you're good. Be healed. He told when he was in the bottom of the boat trying to get a nap because he had just had an amazingly tiresome preaching tour, and the Lord just needed to get some shut-eye because guess what? He is 100% human and 100% divine, so he needed some rest. The Lord is down in the bottom of the boat, and Hurricane Katrina is happening out there on the surface, and the waves and the wind are blowing. I'm sure there's probably lightning and thunder and the, 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 the uh, disciples came down and said, Lord, carest thou not that we perish? You're down here sleeping, and we're up here dying. The boat's taking on water. Help us out. And after the Lord kind of scolded them a little bit, he just came up and just said, he used three words, but essentially the action words was be still. He said, peace, be still, the King James Version, but just be still. And that just blew the uh, disciples away. They said, who is this guy? We've been working with this guy now three years. We didn't know he could command nature. He could command the elements. He can speak to the wind and the storms and the waves and the thunder and the lightning. One last one that Jesus, just his brevity of healing, just how his will is just so instantaneous. When he came finally to check on his buddy Lazarus in John 11, the Bible says that uh, they were uh, all crying and weeping and wailing. And Jesus just said, I'm imagining he's standing. He looks and said, Looks at the tombstone. He was in a sepulcher uh, encased in this uh, mummified enclosure. He said, Lazarus, come out. I was like, Lazarus, what are you doing in there? Come on. <laughs> I used to the thing, I preached a service several times before. I remember I preached it once uh, when, when Raj and I were young ministers. I used to just look at it from like that. Lazarus is this mummified, and he's just hopping out. He's doing like this. And finally said, loose him and let him go. But I just imagined that Lazarus was trying to come out like this. And, and I said, you know, facetiously, I thought like, had Jesus not just identified Lazarus by name, had he just said, you know, come out, maybe multiple, maybe all the tombs would have opened up, maybe all the kind of people would just come bouncing out, you know, hey, I'm free, I'm alive, that's good. hey, you laugh, you laugh, but in Matthew 27, when Jesus got up, the Bible says many, many graves were opened, and many of the saints got up. And start fellowshipping with the other saints. So don't tell me there ain't power in words. There's power in the word of the Lord. There's power in the name of the Lord. There's power in the blood of the Lord. So when he said get up, he had to specify, just you, Lazarus. You other saints, wait your turn. You're going to be getting up. But right now, I'm just asking Lazarus, you get up. Who knows? Everybody may have gotten up. And he not specified, God is just, just that powerful. His word, there, and I think what made it the centurion so amazing, and I'm almost done, I think what made the centurion so amazing is that he recognized the power in words. He said, Lord, don't even worry about darkening my doorstep. You ain't got to come. You don't have to be there. Just say any word. A word, words, no words. Just think him healed, and he will be healed. With with the Syrophoenician woman over in Matthew 15, the Lord didn't even say be healed. He didn't say get up. He just said go. your, Your son is okay. Great, what amazing faith you have to the Syrophoenician woman. Check out the story. He didn't have to pronounce any sort of formula over the sun. The Lord just did it. So you ask, Pastor Will, why are you saying all of this? What's what's the point in this? Why are you going on and on about whether or not the Lord used words, words, no words, a word? Because I want you to have that trust and confidence that God can do anything for us and that nothing is beyond his scope. And that if you look at Job 42, when Job said, Lord, I I spoke out of turn. I spoke out of school. Man, you are amazing. Nothing nothing that you want to do can be thwarted. Nothing that you want to do can be stopped. There's no plan that's schemed can go against your plan that will be successful. Because you are sovereign. You are omnipotent. You are omniscient. You know the beginning. You know the end from the beginning. Amen? I, I just, I, personally, I'm just blown away by this centurion. And I wonder who schooled him, who tutored him, who gave him this kind of insights, because this brother just had it going on. He really did. And I pray, Lord, give me one tenth of the centurion's faith. Give me a mustard seed worth of this cat's faith. Help me to trust you like that. Help me to believe you like that. Amen? Help me to have that level of confidence that I don't care how dark it looks that weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning and that trouble don't last always and that this is not how the story ends. And we win in the end. Every cliche you want to think of, you just need to know that we do prevail. Amen. Amen. I love it. You know, you. I, I, think, I don't know if the centurion knew this verse, but he might have been thinking about this verse in Psalms 120, verse 7, that says, he sent his word and healed their disease and delivered them from their destructions. Check out that particular passage. Psalms 107, uh, verse 20, he sent his word. Here it is. I have it in King James Version. And healed them and delivered them from their destructions. It reminds me. It reminds me of Hebrews 1:3 that says, who being the brightness of his glory, the express image of his purpose, purpose, person, rather, and upholding all things by the word of his power. God keeps everything together. Trust me, climate change is not going to destroy planet Earth. Pollution is not going to destroy planet earth. Nukes are not going to destroy planet earth. The only destruction there will be on planet earth is when the Lord says, I'm going to make a new heaven and a new earth. Everything else before that is just futile attempts to try to make things better. Only God can make things better, but he will in his time and his way. Amen. And so he says that God upholds everything he keeps all of this together sister fanny by the power of his word and here's one more verse that i love jesus said in john chapter 6 verse 63 he says the words that i speak to you they are spirit and life that word life justin in the greek means zoe i i, I love that particular term because it just doesn't mean it doesn't just it doesn't just mean survival it doesn't mean life at the most basic level of existence it means abundant life, John 10:10. 10, 10. It's abundant life that he gives us. Zoe, the words that I speak to you, they are abundant life. They e- erupt inside of us. They elevate us. They promote us. They give us energy, they give us power. So it's abundant life. We don't just live at the bare minimum, but he that Bible says according to Ephesians 3.20, that he, I am confident that he is, he is, uh, gives us exceeding abundantly above all. He's able to do exceeding abundantly above all we ask or think, exceedingly abundantly, some translations say. Either way, it lets us know that God takes care of us well beyond our wildest dream. Amen? Here's my Monday morning moment. I write this down, because I don't know if I put it in the notes. But the Monday morning moment is that God creates new things out of nothing. I'll say it again. God creates new things out of nothing, out of no things, you could even say. And I, you say, well, Pastor Will, where do you get that from? I get it from Romans four seventeen, where at the end it says, and God calls into being that which is not, or that which doesn't exist. God calls into existence that which doesn't exist. There's a Latin term for that, ex hilo. Ex hilo means that there is something, it means in Latin, something out of nothing. God makes something out of nothing. God takes what is broken, what is damaged, what is garbage, what is a disaster, and takes us. He takes us from nothingness, from the gutter, and makes us royalty. He makes us high priest. He makes us special. Don't ever think that you are irreparable unfixable that you can't be redeemed or salvaged. don't ever think that your self-worth is so low that there's no hope for you don't ever let anyone tell you that you are worth nothing if you don't give up on your if God doesn't give up on you it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks amen and God doesn't give up on us to him we are fearfully and wonderfully made according to Psalms 139 According to first Peter, that we are special people, a royal priesthood, a chosen nation, a called out one. God has a purpose for us and we are not going to be discarded by anybody. Amen. So if you're suffering or struggling with self esteem issues, if you're struggling with confidence issues, if you're struggling with your identity or who you are or what you are becoming or what your future is, you just need to know that God is in charge. And he upholds all things by the power of his word and that he has a purpose for all of us, according to Job 42. Amen. Amen. So the Monday morning moment again is God creates new things. I mean, you know what? I didn't even think about this, but it just popped in my head right now. 2 Corinthians 517, which says that God has behold, all things are new, that he has made us all new. The old things are passed away. All things are new. He goes on to say in that same verse for 2 Corinthians 5, 17, that we are now, watch this, we are now a new creation in Christ Jesus. I know the King James Version says creature, but I think a better rendering of that word from the original Greek I looked at, the Koine Greek, which is the common Greek that they spoke of the day, a better word of that is we is now, we are now a new creation. We have been recreated. Not a facelift, not a makeover. Not make up on a pig? No, that ain't how what God does for us. He changes us. He makes us new. He starts over. Are you all with me? He starts over. He creates us from scratch. It's a difference, amen? It's a difference than a makeover. It's a difference than makeup. It's a difference than just being, you know, given a, a, a fresh start. He actually starts over with us according to Second Corinthians 5.17, and we are new creations in Christ Jesus. We're special, we're unique. That's what the word peculiar means in First Peter 2.9. We're unique, we're different, each one of us, like the snowflake, like our fingerprints, we're different, and we're special to God, all of us. Boy, that just gives me confidence. I don't care if I'm, you know, overlooked because I'm black or overlooked because I'm old or overlooked because I'm a minority or overlooked because I don't have certain credentials or certain certifications or I'm not from the right side of the tracks or from the right side of the neighborhood or bad pedigree. It doesn't matter to God what people characterize us as, right? God looks at all of us as His special creation, His purpose, His wonderfully. And beautifully and successfully and fearfully made person that God did, and each one of us. I'm thrilled by that. Amen. Yeah. That's what I think made this. Amen. Give the Lord praise. Amen. I'm about to sit down. I'm moving toward my seat now. But let me just say this to you this centurion, this centurion knew that. This centurion, guys, listen, this centurion understand that. You know, I think one of you guys talked about understanding being one of, I think it was Kevin, understanding being one of his attributes, and you're right. He did have an understanding. He had an understanding of compassion. He had an understanding of humility. He had an understanding of belief in God. He had an understanding of the power of words. And next week, I'll do my final lesson on this particular topic. He had an understanding of authority, and we're going to go into that next week. But this power of words, this power in words, or power in the word, not just the logos, But the Greek word rhema, the word which means that it's a spoken word, it's an active word, it's a word that is working in us. God does that through his word. This centurion apparently understood that and said, Lord, you don't even need to come any closer. Don't get contaminated by this Jewish hierarchy, this Judaism of being levitically unclean because you're entering the household of a Gentile. I don't want you to get entangled with all of that political, religious mess. Just speak the word. Speak a word. Speak any word. Think a word. Just heal my servant however you want to do it. I'm down with it. Whew. And the Lord, you know, the Lord just said, and I'm going to talk about this next week when I close, the Lord just said, he marveled, the word means in English, in regular common English, it means amazed, astonished, astounded, the Lord just said, wow, who is this dude? Who are you? You sure you ain't a, you, you sure you's not, you're not a, a theological rabbi Jew? You sure you're not a prophet? You sure you're not a preacher? You sure not a teacher? Because this is an amazing revelation you have about who I am and what I can do. Who are you, dude? You guys need to study this cat. Hey, hey, theologians, Bible students, seminary students, would be preachers, priests, ministers, elders, bishops, deacons, Sunday school teachers. Study this dude because he got it. I know he's not Jewish. I know he's not born in a Christian home. I know he doesn't have all the pedigree and the trappings of a, of a believer, a Christian format, but this cat, he got it. This woman, and I love how Luke refers to him, a certain centurion. He didn't just call him a centurion. Even Cornelius was just called a, Cornelius a centurion. This cat in Luke 7, certain centurion, I believe, because this guy had it. He had the it factor he understood how god works he understood how faith works he understood what it meant to trust in the lord are you all listening to me are you guys on the, are you guys listening to me y'all can y'all hear me okay are y'all listening let me look at this camera can you hear me <laughs> this guy had it if you want to study you want to do a new year's resolution in 2023 i'll tell you what to do study this cat Unroute, unpack him, break it down, go through Luke 7 until you get blue in the face. Tell me about, can I just share the story about the guy that you were talking about or the girl that said she would not read? Was it a guy or a gal? He said that he would not, he would start reading the passage. You need a mic. I want you to say it because I don't want to mess it up. I think this is worth everybody. I know I said I was done. But the Lord just said, no, you're not quite done. I want you to say one more thing. Go ahead. It was a guy. He was new to Christianity, and he uh, was turned on to the Bible, and he became so he wanted to know. The more he read, the more he wanted to know. And he said he made this commitment that he was going to to read every word in the Bible, and he wasn't going to go past that word or phrase until he understood it thoroughly. He was going to continue to do that. Isn't that something that he was going to keep? He was going to keep doing it.
1: He, was just, he keep, wanted
0: to know God. That, he just wanted to know God. He wanted to really immerse himself in the Lord. So, here, so here's what I'm saying. Make a resolu- if you're going to make a resolution, which, by the way, I'm not a big fan of, but if that's your cup of tea, cool. If you're going to make a resolution, make one resolution for me. Just do me a solid, please. Check out Luke 7. I mean, just tear it down. Go through it line by line burst but that's what I did and I, I I just was glossing over it in the past this time I decided I'm going to really do an in-depth study of this and it just changed it just changed my mind about some stuff it just gave me a new inspiration I'm just pumped I'm excited I like I want to be like this guy I want to be like Jesus but I want to be like I want Jesus to say this about me like see that cat named Will that dude has amazing faith unparalleled in Israel. I'll settle for unparalleled in Cleveland. I just want amazing faith that I can trust God, not for getting stuff from him. This ain't about acquisition. This is not about consumption. This is not about favor or being blessed or any of that stuff. This is just about knowing the Lord and who he is and what he's capable of and who I am and what he thinks about me and how he feels about me. I want the Lord to say, "You see, Will, forget about anything else I'm done for him. He it has amazing faith. That is the biggest compliment the Lord can ever pay you that you that he says about you that you just trust him, that you just get him. You understand him. You may not know him academically, intrinsically, and all the idiosyncrasies about God, but I mean understand that he is for you, that he loves you, that he cares about you, that he will forgive you, that he will rescue you, that he will deliver you. That is what we need to know. Yes, 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 yes. I I know I'm way over time. I'm way over time and i'm about to start crying because i just feel like the lord won't let me sit down until he he, he convinces you us, that he is who he says he is yes that's what, and listen all faith is is about agreeing with god it's just agreeing that he is who he says he is trusting him without all of the religious jargon without all of the denominational trappings, all the garbage that we get caught up in, strip all that away, blow all that out, and just look at the Lord's word at face value. And I guarantee you, he will speak to you in an unfiltered way, apart from denominationalism, apart from theology, apart from doctrine, just you and him like we're talking today. Well, like I'm talking today. But if we were in a, not a pulpit situation, y'all, we'd be having a conversation. But that's, that's the kind of one-on-one intimacy dialogue that the Lord desires from us. Amen? Yeah. Do you believe that, Sister Ethel? Do you believe that, Sister Janice? That the Lord just wants us to be one-on-one with him. Keep it real. Keep the air clean between you. Confess your sins. Forgive your brothers and sisters of their faults. And just have a relationship with the Lord that's real. Amen? I, this is by far my best sermon of the year, and we're only in January. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not my best sermon of the year because I put prep in it or I whatever. It's my best sermon of the year because I'm just speaking without notes. I put my notes over here. My Bible's over there. I'm just talking from the heart. This is just me and y'all, mono mono, right? And I'm just telling you what I really believe the heart of the Lord is saying to us that it's just time to quit playing church It's time to quit pretending. It's time to quit half-stepping. I know it sounds trite, because I've been hearing this since I was six, and I'll be 69 this year, and it sounds like I'm hearing these old saints say, you got to get real. You quit playing church and quit being able... I hear that, but I believe it now in a new, fresh way. I see that it doesn't even have to do with sitting. It's to do with understanding how good God is and understanding his nature. Forget about sin per se. Just getting to a level of knowing that God is for us and that he loves us and that he is trying to help us and that we can trust him. i got to sit down. I love you guys. Come on, praise him. We're going to sing. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. Thank you, Lise.